And now, part two of Arbiters of the Law. And we continue where we left off last episode. All right. So we've looked at um, threat to life, abuse, and the, 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 the impact of how the professionals act. But this, this can have, obviously, impacts on, on mental health. So according to a variety of reports, I've got a few stats here. 50% of all mental health problems are established by the age of 14, rising to 75% by the age of 24. Every two hours in 2017, someone in England and Wales took their own life. Suicide is the leading cause of death in men aged 15 to 49 years, and women are up to three times more likely to experience a mental health problem than men. Now, that's general mental health, but the abuse, the threats, everything you see, what can that, what impact can that have on a referee? As those stats said, it could be the worst thing that could happen to somebody, you know, and, you know, it can take them that far. And I think managers, fans, players need to realise that, you know, words can have lasting consequences on people. And I think, like like you said, Alex, in some ways, if somebody can then, even if it's a text or something after the game, later and says, you know what, (laughs) I went too far and apologise would go a long way. And I don't think there's enough of that happens. And Um, in the same vein, compliments. Yeah. I've received two compliments this season and I don't think I've ever really had that in, you could go seasons without that. And it's just to say, yeah, you did a good job. One manager won, one manager lost. And even then, it, you think, oh, actually, yeah, no, I did have a yeah. good game. You like I said, it's always so negative. And again, the professional game is all these highlights and slow-mos and camera angles and it's all spun around. You go, how's the referee missed that? Well, sorry, match of the day, but you've watched it 37 times and that person's had to react to a split second, a split second decision. Yeah. So cut him some slack and, and when they do make the decisions right it's oh he's just got that one right no it's a paid professional and these people are moving at speed and he's got it bang on why can't we say he's done a good job it always has to be like a backhanded compliment I mean perhaps I mean again like you said with the compliments that he Bradley reffed an under 12 under 13 under, yeah and the under 13's opposition manager said it was the best ref um, they'd had all season the home manager said, well, we got a few decisions wrong today. <laughs> <laughs> I say. So we, we, uh, we took the away refs, the, the away manager's uh, performance indicator on that game. Um, <laughs> but like, like you said, I think, I, 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 don't, I, I hope I've not ever gone across the line with referees, but I, I've certainly shouted at them and argued decisions. Um, but most refs at the end of the games, I certainly game on ref on Sundays, just said went over and said good game. I thought you refed it really well. I think you have to compliment. And again, I think if I have contacts, we will try to get hold of refs and say thank, even a thank you. Sometimes thank you. And sort of with the underlying girls and with our lot, we make sure you, you go and say one of the first things we say after the game: go and thank the ref. Um, it's highly important. Um, 
and for people to have you know suffer with depression suffer with getting and that affects it is it's just wrong positive reinforcement yeah. is, is, a, is a great help isn't it, it certainly is and I think it's something that needs to be encouraged more more bizarre I mean I was going to go back to a thing with what you were saying with the game you had Alex where um, you thought to the opposite they, they, they scored you low for a game for your decisions and where you had to put the two managers um, so you'd have put in a report oh, well I presume if a report goes in saying their behaviour was unacceptable because I think when we do it you fill out a report saying was the behaviour acceptable blah 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 and we have to do which again I'm never convinced about this is you score the ref and if it goes below 60 it goes into it as a, a report yeah but it, only get, it goes in a report and it's only dealt with it's only received as a uh, a learning opportunity it's not the, the league don't accept it in as a complaint they le- they take it in as a, a learning opportunity for the ref it's so, ne- never taken in as a complaint right so I was going to say with the game like Alex did where he booked both the the manager and the assistant manager, not knowing if they did or not. But I would assume they scored you quite low that game. I would assume so, yeah. <laughs> and then, so again, where the FA, if that happens, and they must know, like, they've scored, I don't know, either 60, scored you 20, or, or something, whatever it is. The FA, and granted that, you know, a lot of the times it's part-time and volunteers with them, should get on the phone, I believe, to the ref and say, right, it looks like you might have had a tough game this weekend. How are you? What's your feeling feelings after that? And I, does that do you? I take it you don't ever get that at any point from any. No, n- none at all. So um, uh, Saturday league that I've been refereeing in um, had that issue uh, down down in Clevedon, and um, the next I sent this message in, explained what happened, said I put the report in through whole game. The next week the fixtures came out, same team. And I contacted the referee secretary and went, no, I, I, I think we need a cooling off period before I'm allocated to them again. Oh, I forgot. All right, I'll move you. No, there was no, almost like a well, welfare check to, to say what happened? Like, what was the, was it decision that caused it? What, what was the flare up? Who was it with? No, it was just, oh yeah, there you are again. And I know full well, having done it before, you turn up at that game with that team the next week and you are judged instantly. Any decision that goes against that team, they're on you. And it just, it puts you in a bad place and you just don't want to be there. So. Um, I'm going to move on to social media. Um, Bobby Madley and uh, Mike Oliver, both Premier League referees, both been threatened on social media. Oliver was actually offered police protection. And it's not just football. Um, Wayne Barnes, one of the world's best rugby union referees, was good to quitting recently due to social media abuse of him and his family. I mean, what do you think that has? What sort of impact can that have? Not so, Can it have an effect at grassroots? I mean, are you on social media at all? And do you, have you ever been targeted? Um, I'm not. Well, I am on social media, but I don't do anything other than people falling over and funny dog videos. But um, it's just how quickly it can be shared and how and how it can be misinterpreted. So I do remember just after Mike Dean retired, um, obviously he's quite the comedian and, and the way in the way he referees, but he gave an advantage. I think it was Old Trafford 
and Tottenham scored and he ran off with his arms out for the advantage and he's pointing back towards and it's going oh Mike Dean celebrates a Tottenham goal and it's like no he didn't he's really pleased with himself something I don't know about you Brad but when you give an advantage and it leads to a goal I think yes I got that one right and I let that go fantastic but yeah it's just how quickly it all all moves up and we never get the full incident because something kicks off and then somebody goes oh get me camera out and I'm going to film this and you don't see what's happened you just see 12 people fighting and and then it gets shared and the clubs um, obviously weigh in and they start arguing with each other I did see a few tweets from a tool station team local to here and it was um, obviously like the time stamp and they go oh and the referees made another poor decision and it's like <laughs> because yeah. it was against you or was it was it wrong mm-hmm. or do we need does that need to be tweeted out like no no it doesn't. it doesn't I saw one I saw one club and uh, I, can't, I can't remember the exact step they're in but it was let's see one two divisions below the National League and they were basically calling the referee a, tre- a, a chief on their tweets, uh, two divisions yes. nationally, and obviously the, the, the decisions weren't going their way. But you know, at that level, you know they've got fully qualified referee and, and two assistants, and they're just blatantly calling them. And, a, and that's at that level. And like, what are you doing? And there's two, you know, two, you know, divisions below the and so is that. But again, they're the players there. They will have grassroots teams they'll have youth teams who will go up and they'll say oh, hang on if, the, if our club says it's okay to call the ref a cheat we'll go into the Sunday morning and we'll do the same there I've done so I actually go and criticise what the FA does we've got them when you've got the email as well with the refs that next week there is a well-beings course done by the Somerset yeah. F and yeah. I, I must after the problem, e- yeah after this chat we will be doing that next Wednesday man. so <laughs> <laughs> we'll be going on there and having a look at that in the Chris Parker's well-being um, mindfulness or mindful, something for what refs well so, yeah. so the, the FA are <laughs> trying things I do I just think they need to go a bit further on a individual basis but that digresses from that point. Well, actually, no, it leads on quite nicely. So, um, on to my next point. So, a couple of, couple of things. The FA say there are roughly 28,000 referees who register every year, with 4,000 more who start their journey, although the aim is 6,000. Recently, however, the Kent FA reported a reduction of 25% of their match officials. North Riding FA stated that re-registration of referees was down 31%. And in the 2018-19 season, the Cheshire FA reported that 30% of improper conduct charges levied were a result of abuse directed towards an under-18 referee. Although referees under the age of 18 will only referee underage football, the level of abuse they received from coaches and parents on the touchline have led to trouble with retention rates. Many give up within the first three years of their refereeing career. And... Um, my first team, I talk my very first team, that's 1994 to 2003. Uh, we used to play under 12s on was in the afternoon. So now it's under 15s and 16s only playing in the afternoon. But back then, under 12s on was in the afternoon. So 1998 this was, we were under 12s, and there were at least a good 40 referees in the handbook to call upon. Now it's just under 15s and 16s in the afternoon, and there's a maximum of 12 referees. I mean, 
what can be done to arrest the, the drop in numbers? Is I mean, again, from the course that Bradley did, I mean, there's one lad on there who's in our in your team in the under-15s, is a big lad, quite a confident, outgoing lad, has not done one game since doing the course because he's not got confidence to do it. He's, I am assuming, he hasn't said that he's scared he's going to get abuse. And he hasn't done, he's not done one yet. And he... He's a confident lad. But needs support perhaps from the FA or whatever. Or yeah, we're we're, we're, FA or we're trying we're trying to gradually get him into it. But I think once he's, I don't, I, and that's that's a shame. It's and it's like we said, it's got to be positive reinforcement with it. It's like you said, you're turning up on a Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Saturday, giving up your more time, right? And it's you know at grassroots level it, it's pocket money really and you know you, you turn it up and it's for Bradley and stuff at the moment he's he's doing he's quite happy with what he's earning you know he's earning himself 20-40 pound a weekend and that's like but I think you know when it gets to Alex and stuff like that it's a you know sacrifice your son you know your Sundays and what you're doing people are going yeah, it ain't it, it's not worth it I don't I think the punishments need to be Oh, no. and if referees were seeing that again from the high I think like you were saying with Mitrovic and uh, Fernandez how Fernandez got nothing is a disgrace they've not Mitrovic it should have been on the Monday the FA should have said last 10 matches simple as 10 matches your fine is in that 10 whatever it is bang um, and that needs to be followed through. I think with clubs, like I said, we had the there was an incident which we talked about in the previous podcast where they stopped all football for all under sixteens this season due to an incident. I will come to that actually. I will come to that. Um, yeah. So there has to be tougher decisions, and I think with refereeing, all you hear is neg- again. You can go about what's on the tally with the pundits. How many pundits do you? Here, say, refereed that well. Mm. He got. I mean, it's few and far between. It's almost looked upon as, you know, and crowds and stuff. It's just to give the referees an idiot. The referees this. The referees that. Um, oh, the only reason you're refereeing is you're not good at football. The it's almost looked upon by a lot of people as the negative person. The referees there to spoil the game, and. <laughs> And there's nothing further from the truth. Mm. The referee is there, so there is a game. Yeah. And the to get numbers up, you've got people got to be more positive. Mm. There's got to be more positive feedback about referees and people. It's the, I know the negative stuff gets the headlines, unfortunately. Um, but you're not going to encourage people if all you hear about is negativity about it. Yeah. Alex? Yeah, it's um. I, I say. your time, you must see that the more, more, less and less referees around you recognise. Yeah, um, I, I remember a time where we had to take weekends out because there weren't enough games. Well, for okay. the, well for I was going to interrupt you, but again, go back to my previous team, so the second team, and I previously, I, I regularly see three three surnames on the list of referees 
Now there's one, which is yours. It is. <laughs> it used to be three of you doing it every week. Yeah. Um, so, you know, straight away there. Yeah. Uh, my brother packed it in because of abuse. Um, so, I think there's only five of us for Sunday afternoon this week. So, there's two of those, two or four of those are semi finals. So, no assistance. Um, yeah, I'd say remember the blissful time where you could have a weekend off every now and again because all the games were covered. I've been allocated the game this weekend and I've received three separate text messages saying, if it's off, can you let us know and come and do our game? Um, I finished the game the other Sunday morning and the afternoon manager turned up and said, can you do my game this afternoon? It's desperate, it said, because you want somebody who is impartial and will just give it as they see it but because of what goes on those people go no I'll, I'll go and watch I did go watch football that afternoon rather than referee a game so yeah it's it's just it's rubbish and it's the strain on us then because it's not been the best of weather when we come to night matches I have I filled out the availability for the Ava Youth League and it is literally every evening from now until May, mm. and yeah, it's it's going to be chaos. And if if teams don't get referees, they'll come call in and say, "Can you come and do our game? Can you come and do our game? If we move the time, can you do this? Can you do that?" Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's nice to be in demand, but also it'd be nice to <laughs> to know every game's covered. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously Bradley and Coyne, we've. <laughs> we could get into the a league thing on that but are you seeing generally refs coming through or is it not they, no they, they start um, so, no. no so obviously the courses are always full up um and it's great that the kids that are, are brad's age are doing it because we do need younger refs but I think we we genuinely might be at a point where we need to switch who plays what times again because you can't... The drop-off from 15 to 16 is when I played. I did stop playing at 14. So the, the divisions shrink and you normally get to under 16. There's like three or something divisions. But because the standard of kids' football now is so much better through every division... I remember a time you think, oh, Division 5, this is going to be in the air all the time. And they're playing good football. And these kids are going to play for longer. So when the under-14s at the moment go into afternoons next year, there are six divisions mm. of 10 teams. So at least five. At least. You may see a referee once a season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is, it's a tough one, isn't it? That is true. I mean... Right. I don't know. I don't know what you do. I mean, I thought as well. Well, unless, like you said, you, you, a change of times, and the only other change of times is perhaps to consider: do you then move one age group again, an afternoon age group, to a lunchtime? Fifteens, perhaps, to a, a twelve thirty kickoff or a twelve o'clock kickoff or something like that to get that in uh, yeah. a, a possibility. Um, I'm going to move this on a bit because I'm conscious of the time. We're still on the first page here. There's a second page here. We've, um, Let's do a second one. Parents. I look at the impact of parents just very quickly. So the Merseyside Youth League, we referred to earlier, which recently cancelled a weekend round of fixtures, did so not in response to players, 
but rather multiple incidents of inappropriate and threatening behaviour from those watching on the sidelines. So I thought it was actually about the players giving refs abuse, it was actually the parents. So, again, I'll come to Alex. What, what impact, what anecdotes for parents? Um, oh, where to start? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's the time as well. Yeah, um, I think, again, the most recent one was Clevedon. Um, challenge made by the away team, won the ball, uh, and then because of the angle they were at, the home player fell on to the person who made the tackle. Nothing there. It's just a drop ball because both players are hurt. And onto the pitchy strides, pointing and, and gesturing. And it's like, right, so I said, so I'm going to ask you to leave the area of the pitch because you shouldn't have come onto the field. Under what reasoning? Um, under, well, I can't remember what word he used. Are you asking me to leave? I said, well, you've entered the field of play. You're not first aid. You're not coach or anything like that. So I've got grounds to abandon the game. I said, or we can sort of meet in the middle with a bit of common sense and you leave and we'll just finish the game. I'm not going. Right, I am then. And then the manager says, oh, no, no, just like go, Dave, like just clear off because we want to finish because they were winning. So he went and then the same, walking back to the car and he's just stood there shaking his head at me. And of course, we just get to that point and be like, oh, hello, like nice yeah. to see you, see you again. But it happens, children get injured, children get hurt, and it is not nice to see. Thank Touchwood, I've never had a serious injury in all the time I've refereed. But they ha there has to be a disconnect that if it was Bradley that got injured, you let the person who is there to deal with it, deal with it. I always played in goal and I chucked myself around and if my mum was watching, she wouldn't come onto the pitch because no. she knew it was the manager or the first aider, they would come and deal with it unless it was something serious and the game was stopped. But it's that, oh no, our little Johnny, I'm gonna go on it. No, don't, no, don't come onto the pitch because then that's a whole different different issue and people people won't accept that they're wrong. It's their right, I'll, I'll come on and do this. And it's like, no, no, this is my pitch now. Please respect it. And we, we, we can ask managers to go and deal with awkward parents, but Managers find that awkward, especially if the kid's the best player. I don't want to go and speak to his dad because he might take him and, and do this. But actually, he's being an idiot uh, and he um, needs to be told that he's being an idiot. And it's not for me to go and deal with him. It's for you to go and deal with him. Obviously, in the Even Youth League, where coaches one side, parents the other side. I was doing a cup semi-final where I had a... Um, barrier around the whole pitch and parents were stood everywhere and the away manager came to me and said can you ask the home manager to move their parents all to the other side and I said yeah sure and he went why because it's all barred off it doesn't matter so but we have coaches one side and we have parents the other side we don't have people behind the goal nets this is how we are I always remember one one team they don't exist anymore but they had they always had four coaches and they had one on each side in each half. Yeah. <laughs> and it I've was everything from everywhere. And the kids were robots because they couldn't make a decision by themselves. Yeah. When you did get them all in the same place, they were clueless. But yeah, parents need to take a step back. They also need to let the managers 
do their own job and the timeline for it. No, no, do this, do that, do that. Well, no, that's not what they've practiced. And you weren't there in training. And that frustrates me even as the referee, <laughs> let alone the manager. So, yeah, it's just go along, watch, enjoy, but don't get involved. No. All I was going to say, again, I think it, it affects people weirdly, football. You've got the nicest people I've seen. Monday to Saturday, Sunday afternoons, they go and watch little Johnny play an under-10s game and they become these nutters that just can't control themselves. It, it is most bizarre. And obviously, in the rules now, you've got that little bit of rope that's stopping them going onto the pitch. I mean, let's be honest, it isn't going to stop them. Um, but parents do have to realise. I think there was just, again... The story on grassroots that there was this one parent he was giving this abuse this saying all that it was a young child say probably was rubbish on the pit everything you're getting is wrong useless blah 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 and the bloke said you know that you're having to go there that that's my kid um if i was doing it to your who was playing how would you and it, he was having a go at the the, the child was the this other parent was the, it was the ref and he was just constantly abusing him but he said he wouldn't dream of doing it to one of the players well why do it to a young it, it, it baffles me refs will make these errors I'm sure Bradley Corey will make decisions that are clearly wrong but you've got to say like, like you said with the young the keeper will let one through the legs, a strike will miss from a yard out, it'll go blazing over. They won't face the same abuse as a referee missing a handball or missing a... It, it, it's... You, it, yeah. yeah. The more and more you realise and the more you do and learn, I think going back, you, you probably are embarrassed about some people, you know, certainly how... Well, I've gone home from games and that was the rest probably lost and like, like you said we probably lost 6-0 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. actually probably wasn't the rest fault when you think about it. we've done something wrong with X, Y, Z and they were just better than us but the referee is the easy excuse out yeah. um, especially in tight games and things and for the parents it is definitely if it's their son who's gone in for 50-50 I mean I've seen cases where a child's gone in done a done a foul or something and the parent has you know given a bit and it's it's not you've got to accept it and clubs there have to be more firm i think you're, you're right there are certain things that come on he's, he, he's our best player if we go and speak to him he well no i think you'd be clubs have got to be said look right here's your warning that's not acceptable. Next time you do that, yeah, you, you don't come down and take it from there because clubs will get that reputation of, as like I've said, there are certain clubs he will not referee and once he's 60, 18, he can make his own decisions, but till then, not a chance. Yeah. Um, move on, violent parents to referees. Uh, going back to the incident I had where I was before they were attacked, the person I was talking to was a referee who was playing. I'm a referee, I do this, I do this, you should be doing this, you should... And he'd given me a brief over the game 
I'm a referee, I, you should do this. I'm a referee, you should do this. I'm a referee, you should do that. So, referees who play in the game that you're refereeing, and I'll, I'll come to Bradley first as a referee who plays in the game. What, what's your experience now? Because obviously, as you said, the game last Sunday, for instance, as soon as, uh, as, soon as that player handballed it, what was your what was your response? I was like, you got to send them off. you got to send them off. <laughs> like probably in Corey and Jacob's head, it's like, you got to send them off. We're referees and you, you know, if he's obviously made a tackle or obviously in that case handballed it off the line, it's a straight red. Since you've done the course, how many times have you said to the referee or, or mentioned, mumbled to the referee, that's a yellow card, that's a red card, that's offside? Never. Apart from, apart from that game? Apart from that game, yeah. Because I know standing on the pitch, listening to Jacob, He's giving it all the time. And that's that's a yellow card. That's a free kick. That's a Corey, Corey certainly is. But Bradley's, uh, I must admit, he's very calm. Right. Yeah, Corey's. Oh, yeah, he's the same. And it, it is. You think, well, especially at the moment, they they know what the things are. And but I also think what they have learned, um, Bradley, Jacob, and Corey is the respect to referees now. Mm. Um, I don't think they would be in a referee's face. I don't think they would be given abuse to a referee. They, <laughs> It's the classic, yes, I'm a ref and I know the rules and blah, but hopefully that, that they've got... Res- it, again, respect is such a big word. Yeah. And hopefully one of the things for them, I think potentially it could be something the FA could, like, it could cost too much money is referees coming to say fries at Summerdale and have a course beginning of the season twice and say look this is what we expect and have that understanding and have a chat with them um, because you've got there has to be respect it you have to respect that referee every game and Bradley Corey Jacob yeah, they might think, well, we got that decision wrong and blah, blah, blah. But I think they have learned respect for referees yeah. from going on the referees course themselves. I'll come to you, Alex. How have you found, or have you found the referees who play in the game that you're refereeing? <laughs> Speaking as a referee who, who did go back to playing, it was by far the worst decision I've ever made in my life. Because I play in goal, and I'm always away from an incident and I'm just talking to myself well that was wrong <laughs> that went there for that was that should have been a free kick that was a corner oh, I can. I never shouted and I never got involved and I'd always be the first one to, to stop somebody doing it Jekyll and Hyde on the other hand my brother was a nightmare you gotta do this you gotta do that this and that and it's like but you're not refereeing the game so stop and I sent him off once. I was refereeing the, <laughs> refereeing the game. He was play, he was playing up on the downs. He texted me and said, "Referee, we haven't got one. Can you come and do it?" Sure. And the way he reacted, uh, he squared up to to somebody um, or shoved somebody, and I booked him. And I booked another bloke, and then he gave it all the mouth. And I said to him, "You would not allow somebody to speak to you like that. So don't speak to me like that." So I sent him off. And we travelled there in the same car and he walked home from the Downs to Witchers. He refused to get in the car with me. So I was like, fine, see mm-hmm. you at home. And um, yeah, he, he's a nightmare. On the flip side, coaching as a referee, fantastic. Because obviously the law changes come in. 
and when I was coaching with kids, it said, these are the changes. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. And those first few weeks of the season, we were way ahead because we knew what the referee was going to do and and the, the yeah. changes that had been made and what we could get away with. Great. Um, but yeah, playing. I'm playing this Sunday, actually, and I'm really not looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> Because it's just hard. It's hard. So everyone, everyone on that pitch and everyone on the sideline is stood in a different position to the referee. So we all see something slightly different. Everyone stood down that line, sees something slightly different than the person to their left. So um, yeah, it's just biting your tongue and going, mm. I wouldn't appreciate being spoken to like that. So I'm not going to speak to the referee who's refereeing the game like that. So no. Okay, come to we want. Two more, two more points more covers. A few more, but we'll, we'll, we'll gloss over those. Um, the sin bins. So, the sin bin is for dissent by word or by action, which is a behavioural matter rather than a form matter. That's eight minutes in youth football, ten in adult, and the referee will signal this by issuing a yellow card in the normal way and pointing to the touchline where the player must go. Two sin bins in a match, and that player cannot come back on but they can be substituted. Add in a yellow card for non-descent, with a foul, and they cannot be substituted and the team are down to 10 players. So, you know, there are enough people are aware of it, there are enough referees aware of it, and are they effective, and have you used them, have experienced them? Um, I have used it. Um, are people aware of it? No. Uh, do enough referees use it? No. But it's the same, what is dissent? Now, what is dissent to me could be different to what is dissent to Bradley. My brother's version of dissent is extreme. And which again, that's why I set him off that time because he is, no, that is dissent and that. I'm a bit more relaxed about it and, and allow a bit of emotion in the game, but you do get to a point where it's like, okay, you're going off, you're gonna cool off for, for eight minutes. And as soon as you do it, have you sent him off? Why have you sent him off? No, I've not sent him off. He's in the sim bin. Well, why long is that? Why, why, why is he in there? You didn't put him in the sim bin because that was a foul tackle. This is dissent. What's the difference? Okay, right. So if we're going to play a board game now, somebody's going to read the rules, all right? So why are you playing football if you don't know what the rules are? Well, it's your job. All right, so don't question me and we'll just get on with it. <laughs> and then it's... How long is he in there for? Eight minutes of play. Okay, so then we'll start rolling around and, and running the clock down. That's eight minutes. No, it's been four because you've all been wasting time and I've added it on. So the, when the match play stops, the sim bin stops. Oh, you, well, that's just rubbish. Well, I'm not, I don't make this up. I'm just enforcing what it is. Yeah, um, yeah I, 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 it would be nice if it was used more often. Um, I did manage a game, a ladies game um, last season. Uh, we were playing Forest Green in the County Cup and we were 2-1 down. And the referee said to me afterwards, oh, I should have put your centre midfielder in the sim bin, but I cautioned her for unsporting behaviour instead. And we won the game on penalties. And it was like, I should put her in the sim bin. That's what the response was, put her in the sim bin we won the game because she stayed on the pitch because the referee yeah. made a misjudgment call which was wrong admittedly he said that I didn't want to ruin the game of football but if it's dissent 
Benham. Yeah. Yeah. We've got five minutes to go as well. Cover the last one, which is respect. Now, we have discussed this on both the first two podcasts. So, as this is about referees, let's look at it here. So, five things. There'll be a base of registered referees in England sufficient for the demands of the game at every level. Um, there'll be zero tolerance for assaults on referees more than happy with that but no there'll be an improvement in on-field player discipline particularly in the area of dissent to referees and in competitions that have an established record of poor discipline if that was the case why did the Simpsons having the cuffs come in following this there will be a step change in youth football on what is acceptable and unacceptable behaviour from parents and spectators well, that's hence well, if that was the case why did they have to bring that Liverpool band the weekend in and we will work with coaches to create an enjoyable learning environment for children's football well I think these a few little pithy comments we made as I was reading it out prove that respect which came in about 10 years ago I think hasn't worked yet so um President Bradley first uh, any thoughts on respect and, and where we are with it in terms of respect for referees and just the, the, the tolerance for referees well obviously refereeing for not that long and not like high age groups it really hasn't been a problem for me all players have gave me respect like they can have their quiet word to their mates who may be on the other team about me and like if it's not towards me and I can't hear it it's okay like last Saturday it was like I heard one of them say um, he's just given decisions, this and that. I was like, I looked at him and he was like, you're right? It's <laughs> like, he knows I've heard it. And he's like, okay, I've, I feel like I've done something wrong here. So I've just let it go. But then, and like if he did it again, I'll probably tell him, stop. You can say after the game to your mates, not on the pitch, where it's my field of play, but off the pitch. Yeah. And I think, except like Brad has said for his age, it is learning. The children have got to learn, and coaches have got to learn from a young age. So the under sevens to the under twelves, the it's more if they show anything like that, a coach has to go right. Tell you what, little Johnny, whatever his name, poor Johnny's getting so much thing, but you cannot do that. And coaches have got to almost pull them off and say even if five ten minutes as a mini version of the simping as a <coughs> coach and say like you cannot give refs you cannot tell the ref he's got something wrong you might disagree with it but you know you have to it is that respect word he's there or she's there in today's world because obviously female refs and that getting more and more involved in the game and one of the best refs we had is a female ref this season apart from Alex over there himself but yeah she she was and but you hear that refs get you know the females and that's it's teaching people football again is a wonderful thing to learn children football skills but social skills how you give everybody around you respect and that has to come from the age groups at Bradley is so by the time they get to the under 13s under 14s under 15s it's ingrained in them unfortunately with at the moment with where it is 
it probably isn't. A lot of that is influenced by internationals that are on now and Premier League and outside factors. So the respect thing hasn't worked at the moment. Um, it has, to, in my opinion, come from higher up. I think certainly for descent towards refs, the bands should be higher. Players should get a lot more. And then that, that will hopefully trickle down to grassroots. Um, and again, fans, <laughs> the parents and everybody, there is, you know, in most cases, 95% of people have that respect. You can guarantee, unfortunately, you do get the odd idiot and that it is getting worse. But like I said, I think most people do respect it's just education and learning this respect for referees. Otherwise, like we've said, if there isn't any, it's going down and down. Eventually, there will be no refs. And when there's no refs, there is no game. Yeah. And finally, to close up this podcast, I'll come to Alex on this Yeah, it's, again, it's similar to Descent, isn't it? It's people think they're being respectful and they're not or or in my view what I would expect to see as respect is it's not there and again it's that that demand and that will and want to win overrides everything and yeah the the one of the managers the other week said oh you want a really hard fair game and then in the clubhouse we just forget about it no there has to be a limit to what we accept and, and what we what we want to see because like I said at the end of the day I give up my weekend and I just want to watch a game of football people don't realise that we only get involved when you do something wrong I don't blow the whistle for the fun of my elf and then it's off the back of that that again people just don't realise what they're doing they cross the white line and the red mist descends and yeah, it's not where it should be. It's better in some incident inc- incidences, and a lot of some clubs are better than others in in how they manage that. But yeah, the FA's got a bit of work to do. Okay. And on that note, I think we'll close it there. Alex, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mark. As always, thank you. Thank you, Andy. And on the note, uh, listeners, hope you enjoyed it. So, me Andy signing off. Good night. You can email us your questions, comments, and random thoughts at greengreengrassroots at gmail.com and please like and subscribe via your podcast providers. You've been listening to a We Haven't Got a Clue What We're Doing production produced and edited by Andy Glover.